Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. And uh, just I'm really excited to get to come and share with you guys tonight. We're going to talk about um, out of rejection and into acceptance. It's kind of our theme for the night. And so that's what we're going to talk about. And I want to start with reading a story to you girls. Um, You can read this story in your Bibles in Joshua 2 and Joshua 6. Um, But I'm going to read through it to it, um, read about it from this book called For Such a Time as This. And uh, this is a, a book with stories of women from the Bible. Uh, I recently, I am a wife to my husband, Justin, and I have two children, uh, Canyon, who is two, and Sophie, who is two months. And I was given this book when I found out I was having a girl from a dear friend of mine. And I look forward to the day that Sophie and I and her daddy, we get to study this together because it's just looking at women in the Bible and um, how God used them. And anyways, it's awesome. So tonight I'm going to read... Um, from this book, a story of a woman named Rahab. You have a question? Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's called For Such a Time as This. Thank you. Okay. So here we go. Her house, built into a wall surrounding Jericho, gave her a magnificent view of everything that was hustling and bustling in the city. Unfortunately, there wasn't um, much that was good for her eyes to see. The whole place had become infested with sin, and truth be told, she was a part of it. Rahab made her living by lying and sinning, and she was really good at it. She was really good at being sneaky. The Israelites had been wandering in the desert for 40 years after escaping Egypt with Moses. They had been quick to forget about um, how good God had been to them and spent much of their time complaining instead of being grateful. Because of that, God didn't let them walk directly into the land he had promised them, And he knew that they weren't ready to be there. But now the Israelites were near the entrance of Jericho again, and Joshua, the leader who had taken over when Moses died, was now determined to claim the land for the Israelites to call home. He and Caleb were the only two people who had told Moses they believed they could conquer it the first time, 40 years earlier. But the people were afraid, and their doubt kept them from ever going in. But they had died, and a new generation of people was ready to try again this time without doubting God's power and promises. The wall that protected the city would be their best chance at spying on things and making a plan of attack, so they decided to start there. While Rahab was plotting all the evil things she would do that day, God knew something that even she wouldn't have believed. He was going to use her for good instead. I'm a teacher. I like to show pictures. Well, I kind of was a teacher. Anyways. Um, After hours of traveling, when the sun finally started to go down on the day, the two spies Joshua had sent out snuck their way into the city. They knew that they would have to hide quickly before anyone spotted them. They found a door which led to a house, which led to the woman God had chosen. Please, they begged her, help keep us safe. Rahab knew they were Israelites, and she knew that if if she hid them in her house, she would be risking her life. The people in her city hated them and wanted them dead. If she turned them in instead, she would surely receive a wonderful reward. But that night, the spies in her home and the sound of soldiers pounding on her door forced her to make a decision. She could choose to turn them in and continue her selfish life, 
or she could risk it all for a God she'd only heard about. Somehow, someway, she realized something in that moment that she hadn't known in her entire life. She needed to be rescued, and they knew the rescuer. Quick as a flash, she hid the men on her roof. They could lie under the stalks of flax and where they could be completely unseen. And she rushed to the front door, opening it wide to let God work through her obedience. What do you need, she asked the soldiers at her door. Bring out the spies, they shouted. Now! Rahab shook her head. They're not here anymore, she began. They were, but I didn't know they were spies, and if you want to catch them, you'll have to run that way. She continued, her finger pointing to the city gate. If you hurry, you'll get to them before the gates close. They believed her and ran into the night with their fists shaking and their swords drawn. She lowered her finger, still trembling, and climbed up to the roof where the spies were hidden. I don't know your God, she whispered to them, but I have heard of the things he's done, and I want to be on his side. I kept you safe, and now I want you to promise me that you'll do the same for me. And they agreed. They told her that when they came back with all their people, they would make sure Rahab and her family stayed safe. If she hung a long scarlet red cord from her window, the Israelites would know that it was her house, and they would pass by instead of attacking her. When the walls of Jericho came crashing down, her house would remain. A hand raised to lead the wicked into confusion would defend those who fight for God. A finger pointing to a gate in the distance would ultimately point her to the Redeemer himself. The Lord your God, he is a God in the heavens above, she had declared that night to those men. Little did she know that that one sentence, spilled into the night like a scarlet cord, would make her his forever. God had chosen a woman covered with shame to be his, and he would do it many, many, many times more. I love that last line. God had chosen a woman covered with shame to be his, and he would do it many, many more times. What an incredible story of redemption. That word basically meaning saving from sin. God redeemed her. He saved her from her sin. I love the line in the story that says that while Rahab was plotting all the evil things she would do that day, God was going to use her for good instead. He didn't wait on Rahab to change first, to stop lying and and doing the things that she did, but he had a plan for her and he used her um, for his glory because she trusted and put her faith in him, even when she didn't understand it. Um, but she put her faith in him and he used her for his glory. He brought her out of rejection and into acceptance. A few days ago, um, as I kept thinking through that phrase, out of rejection into acceptance, I texted a group of my friends um, from kind of different stages of my life, from childhood and college and on, to text me just a brief line about their story of what it was like when they lived in rejection because of sin and what life looked like after um, becoming a believer, after giving their life and trusting in the Lord. So I've, um, I couldn't bring them all here tonight, though I would have loved to. Um, I've asked a couple girls to resemble them and to come up and share their stories with us here for a minute. So girls, if you'll come on up, I've let them put on some wigs and fun things to act like my friends, though they don't really resemble them exactly, but it's the same idea. So come on up and line up right here, girls. Hi, I'm Abby. Because of my sin, I feel like I'm not worthy of God's grace after walking away from him for abortion. His grace saved me from every sin as far as the east is from the west. He was always there even when I chose not to pursue him. Nice and loud, girl. Good job. Hi, I'm Becca. And because of sin, I felt hurt and I wanted. In Christ, I have eternal 
because when I was your age, um, I was a mess. I was um, definitely felt rejected because of my sin. And I would kind of call myself, sadly, a bully, honestly. I, um, one of the most clear examples I can give is my friends and I would choose a friend in like our friend group each week to honestly, we'd leave them out for a day. We wouldn't talk to them. Um, we, if I, one day I even shared a locker with one of them, and I didn't speak to her a day because my friends told me we're not going to talk to this girl today. And we just leave people out. We were, we were, we were mean. <laughs> um, I would do anything they told me to do until that day came and they chose me to be the person they left out for the day. And I realized how much it hurt. And I came home and I told my mom what had happened and she lovingly reminded me that that's how I treated people all the time. Um, I was a bit of a bully. Um, I, I lied. I, I did anything to fit in and to please my friends, even if that was hurting other people. I always thought I needed to have a boy in my life. Um, and even though I was surrounded by all these people, I felt completely alone and very empty. Um, it was a few years later, um, I lived in that, that life for a couple years, and um, it was towards the end of my junior high years that I went to a camp in Colorado. Now, I grew up in, in church, and so I had heard the gospel before, but I hadn't really heard the gospel, if that makes sense. I had, I had not clearly heard how much God who made me loved me. Um, and when I heard that, my life changed forever. When I realized that he gave his son for me, um, even though I was such a sinner and I was such a mess, he gave Jesus for me. He, or he, yes, he gave up his son for me and for each of you. He died on the cross um, for my sin. And that I deserved death, but he died for me. And when I first, the first time really saw that and understood it, I gave my life, I turned, you know, they do like the whole, I turned 180 and I, I followed Jesus with my whole heart for the rest of my life. Um, and I came to him a mess. 
I was rejected because of my sin, but God accepted me and loved me. Um, so I started, I was very empty. He made me whole, I felt loved, and I knew I was his. I was adopted as his child, um, and he made me new. Just like Rahab, he took my broken life, and he made me new. Um, some of you tonight may feel that same rejection. You may not have come to a place where you've given your life to the Lord, that you said, I trust you, um, and he wants you to come to him. You know, we can often hear the lie that um, before we become a Christian that we have to do certain things to be able to, to become a Christian or to be, have a relationship with Jesus, that we have to, if I go to church every Sunday and if I um, obey all that my parents ask and if I um, do these things, then I can go to heaven, um, which that isn't what the gospel is. It's, it's grace. It's, um, Ephesians 2.8 says it's for grace that you've been saved through faith, not through works so that no one can boast. If you are a mess like I was um, and feel even scared to come before the Lord, he wants you to come to him. And he wants to know you. He can make you new. He will forgive you for all of your sins. He wants to have a relationship with you. And um, he'll adopt you to his family and call you his child. God wants to do that. And so if you haven't done that before, if you haven't come to the Lord and given your life to him, I urge you to not go past tonight, but to talk to your leaders about that this evening. Um, there's never a greater choice you'll make in your life to follow Jesus and to give your life to him. Um, now, some of you in this room may know the Lord. You may have um, done that and think, okay, how does this apply to me? Um, well, I want to share that Rahab's story doesn't stop in Joshua. You can actually read about her in two places in the New Testament. Does anyone know where those are where you can read about Rahab? If you turn to Matthew, uh, Matthew 1, you'll read the genealogy. Um, starting from Abraham all the way to Joseph, who was married to Mary, and um, Mary was, gave birth to Jesus. And so basically his earthly father. So it's the line of Jesus, basically, from Abraham on. And if you read through that line, there is a woman named Rahab in it. She is Jesus's great, 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 great grandmother. <laughs> um, but how incredible um, did God include her in the genealogy that Joseph was really her great, 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 great grandson? who married Mary and who had Jesus. She's in this genealogy, a woman who lived a life of sin. God used her, and she, through faith, trusted him and spent the rest of the time at, with his people and followed the Lord, and, he, and she became a great, great, great mama to Jesus. Very cool. You can also keep reading if you get to Hebrews um, 11, oh, Hebrews 11, 31, you can read, it's called the Hall of Faith, and it talks about a lot of, this goes through a lot of men that um, have just these stories of their faith. And in that is one woman, and her name is Rahab. She's spoken about in the New Testament and talked about for the faith that she had in God. She did not just choose to believe in him that night and, and keep those spies and trust in him and then change her life. She did that for the rest of her life. She followed God. And she was brought up again to talk about her faith. I love that. Um, does your life resemble um, one who's been rescued? That's my, a line that I love from, um, from the book was that she says, she needed to be rescued and they knew the rescuer. Um, I love the analogy of, say we were all on an airplane and the airplane is going down. And you are the one person on that airplane who knows how to give everybody life. 
you can help them from being crashed and dying. You are the person who can tell them about how to have life, how to live, how to be saved in this crash. You are the person who can tell them. Would you not want to shout it to the rooftops so that they could all live? Um, if you have been rescued, don't you want people to know? Does your life resemble um, coming out of rejection and into acceptance? Does your life resemble that? Um, can people see Christ in you? Uh, do you talk about him with people? Um, there might be people in your school, people on your sports teams or your band or whatever you're involved in or even in your home that need a rescuer. And you know the rescuer. If you've given your life to Jesus, you know him. Uh, it might sound scary to talk about him a lot. I know when I became a Christian, um, actually that was probably one of the times where I was most bold because I was so excited. Um, and I, there's been times in my life where I've been scared to, to talk about him with people, especially people who don't believe. Um, I don't have all Christians in my family. And so sometimes that's really hard for me. But God, he wants to rescue them. And we get to tell them about the rescuer. We get to talk to them that, and tell them about God's love for them. Do you guys do that? Um, great place to start is by asking God to open up doors for you to do that, to, to come to him and pray and ask that he would give you boldness in times where you can talk about him. It's, and you can even start with sharing your story like I had these girls share my friends' stories by sharing what your life was like before you knew him, how you felt rejected because of sin. But you came out of that into acceptance because he loved you and loves you and loves them. And you can tell them their story, your story, um, and talk about Jesus with them. What a great way. Um, you know, God, you know, we talked about that it's by grace that we've been saved through faith, and it's not through works that no one can boast. We give our lives to Jesus. At that point, the Holy Spirit comes inside us. And so we get to live um, and grow in our relationship with him and become more like him. And to do that is to be in his word and to spend time with him. And that's when you begin, people will begin to see him anymore. Uh, I'm so glad I got to come and talk to you guys tonight. And um, I will be praying for you all this evening through your conversations with your group. And the question I want you guys to talk about tonight was, um, do you or have you ever felt rejected or unworthy and why? And um, I encourage you to be real with the girls in your group uh, if you've ever felt like that. And if you do right now, and um, you can encourage each other in the truth that God loves you. Um, and you can encourage them with these truths that we heard tonight. Girls, will you go through and share one more time? His grace saved me from every single scar for Jesus and the rescue. He was always there, even when I did not have the Christ, I have eternal hope and acceptance. As I grew in my faith, Jesus became my courage and lifted the chains of others to Now I am holy, loved by my Father. I learned that God cherishes me beautifully through me. Identity is Christ's child of God. Since knowing Christ, I know he delights in me and calls me Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much um, for how you love us, God. Um, that you are in the, the business of redemption, saving us from our sin. Um, even though we can feel rejected because of our sin, God, um, you, your son died to save us from that, God, so that we would not have to die, but that we could have life with you in a relationship with you. And I thank you for that, God. I, I pray that if there's anyone in this room that doesn't know you, God, that tonight they would want to talk about you, to learn about you, and to ask their leaders about this love. Um, 
And I pray that you would give us each boldness uh, to share who you are and what you've done in our lives with people around us. And that um, our lives would look different because um, of you and because of your son. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.